0: It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. This is the second international version podcast that we are going to be putting out, and I'm really excited. Uh, we are at Holyrood Distillery in pretty much downtown Edinburgh. I guess it's close enough, right?
1: Yeah, it's very close.
0: Very close. Um, we are in the shadow of Arthur's Seat. It is a really cool view. Uh, and I'm here with Mark Watson, who's the head distiller of Holyrood. What's going on, Mark? Thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. It's, yeah, just... Excited to be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm already really hyped about being here because I've gotten to try things that I never would have tried anywhere else, which is really good. But it's also cool to see, right? Like, and we'll really get into the nuts and bolts of it, just but to kind of give you a high level overview, right? Like, this is a newer distillery, and I'll kind of mark go into like, you know, when they started and everything. So, you, so everybody knows, but a lot of innovation here. It's really cool to see, you know, what, what, what they're doing and, and how they're kind of doing, you know, not every scotch to, or player place that makes scotch in, in, in the country does a lot of innovation and experimentation, and, and these guys are. So, uh, Mark, why don't you kind of, Tell everybody about the distillery, like when it opened, uh, kind of some of the things that you're doing behind the scenes and maybe a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, cool. Um, Yeah, we'll start with the distillery itself. So the distillery um, was a long-term project by um, founders Rob Carpenter and David Robertson, and and it finally opened in uh, August 2019 and started laying down spirit in September 19. And um, being a new distillery... um, uh, there's a lot of learning that you have to put together. You don't um, necessarily, I think you can come up with two different angles and that is you know exactly what you want to make and exactly what you're going mm-hmm. to do and exactly how it's going to be. And then the other angle, which I think is very, we're well, very beneficial in, in Hollywood, is um, the exploration angle and right. the iteration angle. And I think we feel very unburdened um, that we can iterate and create from the very beginning. And then over time we'll ref- Find and define our own styles. So that's been the sort of the basis of Hollywood, of, of laying down these small parcels of really interesting liquid, and then just slowly learning from those mashes, learning from those yeasts, learning from those uh, specialty malts, learning from the heritage malts. And then they're slowly building over time. Now, we had a big break when uh, COVID hit. Uh, the distillery was shut for a number of months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it reopened, new distillery manager, that's me, uh, and new managing director, Nick Ravenhall, um, have just sort of picked that up and then sort of just taken it even further with the exploration uh, of of specialty stuff. And like you say, it's it's, um, not many places look at innovation the same way as we look at innovation, which is we don't really know as much as we probably think we do (laughs) um, or have done in previous places. And uh, certainly the world of whiskey uh, has grown and changed um, outside of Scotland. And instead of uh, ignoring that, which I think would be the best way to describe like, some people's view of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's American whiskey, we don't look at it. Um, for us, it's like, well, oh, American whiskey, oh, Australian whiskey, or oh, Japanese whiskey. Let's look at it and go, right? What can we take? What can we use? What can we right. try? And that is very freeing. It's very uh, It's creative-led and it's very fun.
0: I mean this with all respect. you can tell how much you love being a nerd when it comes to whiskey, oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, you can just see the love like when you were talking about it and showing showing us around the distillery, um just like how you're able to kind of be like the mad scientist and just kind of create and see what happens and if it's shit,
1: it's like, oh well no, that didn't work, yeah, I think um <laughs> it's uh, it's really it's always really nice to be able to hold your hands up and it's uh you don't. There's not many places, but luckily with uh, Nick and I's relationship, uh, and I think with the business's view on creativity that you're going to have times when it's terrible um, <laughs> and uh, not to look at them in a way that they're like, oh my God, we just poured money to the toilet. Uh, look at it as like, okay, let's rack that into X, Y, and Z casks, store it away, and let's see what we can do with it. Right. Like, It's not like, let's blend it away, or it didn't happen. For us, it's put like, Put it up, okay, let an
0: agency, like, what happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and there's things in it that you're like, there's yeast strains that we've tried there. you like, that, like, take one, like... Nose of the new make, and I'm like, that's cabbage. I'm like we, uh, what? <laughs> like <laughs> um, Nick. <laughs> well,
0: it was funny earlier. Like we it was, we stuck our nose and in, and it smelled like potatoes. Yeah. And I've never had that with any kind of like a mash before, where it's like that smells like mashed potatoes. Yeah,
1: it's a sweet mash and uh, using a heritage variety, and it's really weird. Um, the mouthfeel. Oh, I hate that word. Texture. I hate the word mouthfeel. I just hate it. There's no other good word. Other, other, they all sound weird. Um, <laughs> the texture of the spirit is uh, really creamy and very reminiscent of potato, like really good potato vodka mm-hmm. or um, sort of like high wheat American whiskey, like okay. really high wheat, yeah. which is like that tacky. Yep. You can feel it. On um, high ester, sort of like heavy pot still rum. Like those, those are the kind of indicative textures that go along with it. So, when I think we know stuff that isn't necessarily like what is expected, I don't think for us it's ever a bad thing. It's like, okay, but what did we learn on this last match? Did we leave a valve open? Did we cut this wrong? And it's been really good. It's been really exciting so
0: kind of you know going off that um you know where if you see the distillery right like where it's at yeah. uh, you have you don't have a ton of room we talked about this earlier yeah um you know kind of walk everybody through you know kind of the process of how you get your barley and then how you store your barrels
1: yeah so we're obviously right in the city center and it's um it's in a tiny yard and it's in this old um coal shed and it's a big straight long line coal shed and And half of it's dedicated to the brand home visitor experience, and half of it's dedicated to production and our pilot still room, which does our gins and Mm -hmm. our other bits and pieces. And so there is no room externally for um, any silos or any effluent tanks or everything. It's all got to happen inside the building um feels like we're in some sort of ship sometimes when it's like so locked into the building um and uh and we quickly like the the barley comes in bags it's crushed already we don't have a mill on site um and the the distillers the team of distillers we have downstairs uh have to uh lift 50 bags into the into the hopper for the for the mash to happen and then we get deliveries you know um every day well four days a week and we're trying to get that down to 3 Sorry, Stephen, that's our driver. We're trying, Stephen, to get it <laughs> down to 3. Um, uh, but it's it's so it's such a manual process, which is really unusual for a new distillery which has access right, yeah. as we kind of discussed, you, you get a fresh start. So, um we had access to all this technology, but the, the bottom line is still people hauling bags into into a hopper and there's something very nice in connecting to the spirit with that. Um it also means that we can add loads of different types of specialty malt and specialty grain and we can do, you know, we can do mash bills that you know in previous distilleries that I worked at I I had two silos so the most I could right. add into it the the mash tun was one of two you know so having to you know having the the bags means that we can add you know I can my play around with recipes to the my hearts content in, in to a certain extent but it's it's a very tight distillery downstairs um and it has all these like little nuances in it and it's really lovely because I think part of that um uh you 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 could you could have a new distillery that could feel quite soulless, and I don't think that is the case here because of the the nature of how we make stuff here. Mm-hmm. It feels like, even though it's only been open a couple of years ago, a little bit soul to it, which is really nice. It feels imbued with the hard work of everybody manhandling bags into <laughs> a mash tun.
0: It, it, it's actually a really pretty distillery. I mean, it, obviously, you know, it's not... You're, for, for The the US-based folks that are, you know, you go to like a bourbon distillery and it's over acres and, and, you know, massive, you know, this is, it's not like it's small, but it's, 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 you, like you said, you kind of feel like a ship, like where you know your fermenting tanks and everything are. Like you kind of feel like you're in the hull of a ship a little bit. Yeah. Um, what was real interesting also is that you you definitely have the look and feel of a more modern distillery. Um, you know, embracing kind of like some new new techniques compared to some of the places I've been. Um, you don't have any, um, you know, Oregon organ pine, Oregon oak, pine, Oregon pine. Right. I think that's what they are. Or pine. Yeah. Um, pine. Yeah. Scots. The the Scots uh, pine.
1: some of them are Scots pine, some of them are Oregon.
0: That are like Something. the fermenting tanks, yeah, yeah. 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 It, yours is all stainless steel, which yeah. is it's got that modern looking feel that a lot of you guys that go to distilleries in, in the U.S. are are going to notice, and that was kind of like a, a an inch, interesting piece. Um, but definitely, I, I think you see that a lot. In, in and I'm trying to make like a nice comparison for those that go to like some of the more craft distilleries this this has got that look and feel of a craft distillery with a ton of innovation and experimentation whereas you know you go to some of the other places that are more traditional both of them have merit but it's really cool to see like that mad scientist almost feel here and how exciting that that is because you're going to start popping out like we just talked about right like has anybody ever done a sour mash scotch
1: yeah and you're like, no, but I'll pro- try it. Yeah, pro- probably somebody has by accident by not cleaning something or or back back checking something into the wrong place. <laughs> pro- probably, but yeah, not 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 by design. I think that's the. I think for us, everything is is um, yeah. We, it's funny because we we try and we have like a thing that I always write at the front of my notebooks and that whiskey's an engineered product. Like all booze is an mm-hmm. engineered product. Like we spend all like I spend all day looking at. it. You know, malts, small efficiencies, mash bills, flavors, yeasts. Yeasts are going to work. Yeasts are going to push us in the right direction for where we're wanting to take that new make. The cut points, the use of the purifier for us, and then the barrels. Bottom line, all it has to do is taste good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, I spent all this time, and like bottom line, it just has to taste good. And and um and for me, that like those two sides of the coin are super interesting because you know, like it's totally engineered and. It's put together in a way that is very, you know, methodical mm-hmm. and, and don't let anybody tell you. Otherwise, for every distillery, it's, it has to be methodical. Um, but at the same time, all it has to do is taste good. So if that's your bottom line goal, for us, it's very unburdening and freeing that we can be like, okay, if all it has to do is taste good, right, where can we start? Where can we do stuff? And, and that, that itself is like a really neat place to, to, to put, put your sort of mindset into
0: we'll have to uh come back when you make that and it's ready to start drinking. We'll have to come back and and try it and be like and 2 years later. Yeah, so remember cab- remember when we talked about that sour mash? Here it is. Let's yeah. see how. Here's
1: my cabbage water that I <laughs> Yeah. <exactly>. yeah.
0: <laughs> Build it up come yeah, over and it's, it's absolute that, shit. Putrid, absolutely
1: putrid. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, I know, but I think that that's the
0: but it's a trip over to Scotland so it could be worse, that's right? That's
1: it. But I think that's the the sort of um departure from the that we're very lucky to have here from the heritage distillers um in that we can sort of explore uh probably more modern flavor profiles or techniques or other places and Mm -hmm. i'm not beholden to making a 10 12 15 year old that has to stay the same you know i've got space to create and and you know we we put together stuff here that will age for a long time but you know when it's um When it's of age, that'll be of age. I'm not trying to replicate that until Mm -hmm. Nick and I are really comfortable with what we really want to make and then then we'll discuss what right now you looks like yeah, yeah
0: right now your are for, for your your whole kind of model from a whiskey perspective seems like it's like specialty type releases yeah. which is cool because it's cool and risky i think at the same time right you're like i really hope this is good and then it is you're like shit i wish we would have made more of this and then you probably have a release and you're like i'm really glad we only get like you know yeah. <laughs> three a thousand cases of that yeah yeah
1: but yeah i think you're absolutely right i think there is that risk reward and that's really you know that's um for me it means that um everything that we do has to be high quality. Mm-hmm. Everything that we make has to have that at the forefront of every making. And um, that, uh, one, sometimes feel the pressure on that. <laughs> uh, I'd be silly if I didn't. But other, the other side of that coin, if, if that's where we start with everything, mm-hmm. then um, considerations of yield and considerations of, well, it should taste like kind of go out the window because right. that's what it can taste like.
0: Yeah. So, oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of, like, just kind of where you are talking about some newer modern things, like have you all t- thought about doing like barrel picks and things like? Because I know that's a foreign, it, it seems like a foreign concept with everyone I talk to over here. Like a because in America and you know this right, like a barrel picks big. Oh, liquor store will go. They'll do maybe like a blend of Buffalo Trace or Old Force or something like that, and then they'll sell it like exclusively because it's got a flavor profile that's going to be different than what you're just going to buy in the bottle. Yeah. Have you all like thought about maybe doing something like that? over here because it doesn't seem like it's a thing
1: it's 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 weirdly not a thing because considering how big barrel picks um are in the states and now you see that in rum as well like you see that in rum
0: but you even see barrel picks of bourbon now starting to show up a little bit over in europe yeah like just, it's not a lot but it's a little i mean i i assume it's expensive as all holy hell to do but
1: what one of the weirdest things with this is that originally in scotland the before the big houses, the big blending houses happened. Um, almost every grocery store, like corner store and stuff, had their own blend. Right, they, yeah. They barrel picked themselves. Johnny Walker, to, that's, that's Johnny Walker. Yeah. um Glenn Turret uh, was, you know, with the Glogues, which uh, started there. You look down at Leith with uh, Krabby's and Sandersons and things. A lot of them started in. Shopfronts fronts that it was barrel picks that was what it was and to see that come full circle now is really you know really interesting you're, you're talking like 200, 200 years 18 1831 or something or 1801 when crabby started so mm-hmm. you're talking almost two years 200 years and we're back to barrel picks again and for us yeah i think it's something that we i think we'll always look at i think in fact we want to do it ourselves inside the inside right. for us you know we've We've got the four new makes. Uh, We have uh, four aged new makes, which are uh, like 262 days of aging. So not whiskey yet. Um, And we were in the warehouse playing around with samples and pulled some stuff and we're like, that's really good. Let's put it in a bottle now and let people sort of try it as we mature. Well, it's kind of like
0: what... um Bardstown does, yeah. they do the, like a lot of their different releases are where their employees will do blends and then they pick from those type of blends. So that, that's something that I I, I also think that would be kind of unique from yeah. a single malt whiskey perspective. Yeah. And, and look, I could be completely wrong on this because uh, of it, but it seems like there's a, there's probably like a market there somewhere to kind of take it right to the next level. And I know, I know like specifically more like single malt scotch is, I think a lot more, I don't want to say confined is the right word, but it's more like the tradition and the history is kind of I think maybe more a little bit more expected than bourbon, but we you know, we're also a yeah. massively different country and it doesn't yeah. have like part of our country's name in it even though it is our national spirit. But like to take something to the next level cuz obviously you have to have innovation or something becomes stagnant even when you have your your flagship type brands and qualities like they're always going to be there but like taking something to that next step like the the distilleries i think you know a lot of like people like yourself in the newer places like how do you get creative to take single malt to that next level i think that's where you're going to see like a bigger boom i guess maybe i I don't know what do you think am i way off
1: on that i think you're right i think you're absolutely right i think we um i think you're starting to see that proliferation of craft ideas into some of the bigger producers or i think the best way to describe it is um some of the what i would describe as traditional handcuffs to heritage producers being removed and let loose mm-hmm. you, do you see that with uh, bill Lumsden's new lighthouse distillery that he's making that's going to be
0: i've heard a lot about you you that know,
1: all all innovation you look at what we talked about upstairs which was our begs um well, i think it's called Furman or fermentator mm-hmm. or something some sort of Frankenstein thing that um, that probably uh, I think it's like a long fermentation because the boilers were off before they would be moved into they would be called out of spec and moved into blending circles, right, they would be moved into allocations or put as low tranches and probably aged for longer, I know certainly my previous jobs you'd look at stuff and you'd write on spec, off spec and if they're off spec they get punted out and we'd put them in the corner of a warehouse and forget about them and things like that. And I think now people are interested in interesting things, right? And yeah. and those sort of things are now coming to the fore in Arbie doing these releases. So you look at um, uh, sort of Arbeki doing stuff with Rye. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on that is sort of sort of moving that conversation forward. And I think the more it happens. The more it will happen, and I think um, you know, I think barrel picks themselves, I think are starting to come through. You look at blending houses like Woven, which is just started up, which is um, you know really honest blending and mm-hmm. and and really uh, you know really talking about how it comes together and why it comes together and 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 the purpose of putting putting blends together. And I think all those conversations coming at the same time are really going to start moving that. I wouldn't say, I don't think it was stagnant, but I think there was a comfortability issue. Right. Um, that because of the volume of new producers, that's, the Russ is getting knocked right off the side of that because they're like, well, if they, guess they, they, they can do it and they're only two years old, then we, we could do it. Like, we right. can do it. We've got stuff in there that'll blow people's minds. And, and like, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that I think we're seeing more of. The adventurousness is sort of eking its way back into right. the industry.
0: Oh uh, well it's all like from from like the American perspective, right, like obviously we don't live here we yeah no, it, it, and it's the same thing right like you 're asking me questions about bourbon and and this is where like I think shows like this get real cool because you start to get into the weeds of like yeah. cultural trends and things like that, so right like in America, we have a ton of new. Bourbon drinkers, right? There's a huge influx of just new people or people that want to learn. Whereas that's where I start think you're starting to see innovation on in the craft side. You know, we talked a little bit about like some of the bigger names, the expensive, they're harder to get. People just are are getting turned off by that. Yeah. Um, over here, do you think that that's starting to play in where you're starting to trickle that in because of like even like gin, where there's so much of a gin boom and there's so many different types of gin, and people are now starting to like obviously you get older, you kind of grow out of like different spirits, but maybe where gin had so many different iterations and types and and things like that, that now, like even the whiskey community saying, Hey, if we don't adapt, like we might not start picking up as many new drinkers and and people who are going to appreciate the spirit. I'm not saying you die, but you take a hit, right? Like, I mean, look at bourbon in the U S we, it disappeared for 30 years basically and almost died because of gin and vodka.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think there's been a, uh, an approachability issue, with Scotch whiskey for a little while, where it was like you either need to know you either drink it because it's what's available, or, or like, or or you really like it, right? And and but now that uh, the 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 drinker, certainly in this country and across the world, is getting way more well informed, and because they're more well informed, they start looking at different places because they want to try new things. And, and those all lead to more, more, mm-hmm, more, right? more, we want to try this. We want to try small producers. We want to try local producers. We want to try things that are different or push the envelope within the rules, SWA, right. within the rules. Yeah. Um, but I think those things, it becomes much more approachable. Like the, the, the drink itself becomes much more approachable. You see that with, uh, within bourbon, you see that within, within gin, you know. Uh, pink gin and, and flavored gins right, yep. which adds the sugar lead people into gin then they get into gin and then they get a taste for other gins mm-hmm. and it leads them down to 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 like traditional style gins or old tom gins or navy gins but it's the approachability issue and I think that the more everybody's learning about whiskey and the more producers are almost, I'm not going to say forced to open up but the more open. honest they are. And the yeah. more open they are, the more approachable they become. And it becomes this massive sort of cyclical thing of people learning more, want to know more, and then they're more, more involved in it. And I think we're starting to see that in Scotch whiskey. I mean, there's always been the giant nerds. Mm-hmm. Like me, <laughs> and there always will be. There always will be. But now just the little bit more information that people know about it, it starts proliferating those really good conversations and questions. And as long as we don't get, keep that too hard um, or at all, um and make it just so approachable i think it's just a really exciting time to to be in whiskey
0: yeah i agree so we've got a couple new makes here that we're going to try so before we get too far into the weeds and have to like just stop and cut it off before we have not tried it let's walk through some of the new make that you guys have here and kind of talk to us a little bit about it
1: yeah so this new make is uh is a set of four that is uh the best way to to sort of experience our iterative process on mm-hmm. how we go to build a recipe. So the first one is probably as standard as you're going to get here, which is uh, distilling malt with brewers' and distillers' yeast. And okay. the mixture of brewers' and distillers' yeast um, is not something that's new in in Scotch whiskey. In fact, like it used to be that you used to use recycled brewers' yeast all the time. But it's stuff that people just stop talking about or people stop like worrying about or, mm-hmm. or wanting to be a part of, I don't know. It's one of these weird ones where you see in the 70s and the 80s, it was a massive thing and it was a part of their flavor culture of heritage malts, And now it just doesn't really get talked about, even though some of them still do about it, still use it and right. do it. And with beer the way it is now, it's uh, you know, and the volume of different types of yeast strain, it makes sense to play around with that. So, Yeah, so that's the first one. So and no. then the second one uses a little bit of crystal malt um, with specialty malt, the third one uses chocolate malt, and then the fourth one ties it all together with all those parts to create, to, you know, to create a full recipe. So that's it. I want to try that one. You want to try the, the yeah, last? Let's one? try them all. I I I we can, all can try yet. little bits. It's fine. Let's tr- let's I should have put them in order, but I'm so unorganized.
0: It's fine. Like- You're on bourbon with friends. We don't. We're not organized. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, Connor is still in bed. That's why he's not on the show again. Shocker. He was supposed to wake up for another one that we (laughs) did, and he didn't wake up for that either.
1: That's big place. I like that. I like that. That's really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That time's the difference. It's uh, it's a hell of a thing, you know? So, for those of you listening...
1: I'm pouring samples. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he is. But also, this is what we would call white dog. Two. Are they in order? Yeah, yeah. Three. Okay. One. Two, three. Yeah. And then your fourth one. Okay. And then just walk me through it. Yeah. All right. There's four. All right. There's four. There's four. So here's number one. Yeah.
1: So number one, this is the one that we're talking about, which is like um, as close to the base norm as we um, probably uh, go, and that that's uh, for us to set a core set point for us. It's okay. so our connection with Edinburgh, which is obviously a massive or was a massive brewing city and is now becoming a massive brewing city again. And um, for us, we're trying to create a spirit that is a really good starting point for our learning. Um, and to do that, we wanted to, to bring the brewer's malt in, in with that.
0: Um, it tastes like, it, I mean, it tastes exactly what you would think a single malt would taste like, yeah. not being aged. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But my, it's a single malt without the caramel
1: flavors of the yeah, barrel. With a, I don't know. I love the term, and people use it all the time. And I want to get like a dice that has like tasting notes on it, and then roll it and see what happens. That's my, ne- <laughs> nice thing. but wood spice. Yes yeah, is the best yeah, way to describe yep. the culminative thing that people use it all the time. being like, oh, it's got wood spice. But if
0: what? you just take took a sip of that, you'd know that was going to be scotch at some yeah. point. You yeah, know.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's a barliness to it. There's yeah. um. There's a. Uh, Inherent cereal multi note to mm-hmm. it that I think is really big that you don't get with um, with other spirits. You taste
0: it. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's definitely there. So with this one, what's kind of your plan that you can share at least on what you're, like, oh, how you're going to age it, and then when you're going to release it?
1: Yeah. So this one, um, this one's going to get released next year when we come of three years of age. Um, at the moment, uh, we uh, like we kind of discussed before, it's all going to be specialty. Um sort of small batch releases mm-hmm. and then again they'll they 'll tell a story um of of like our maturation process and of the new make itself, so this one is currently aging in fifty percent bourbon barrels, fifty percent sherry barrels um and when we release those we 'll come out with little pockets of stuff and we might we might finish some some bits and pieces as well, we might put some in some octaves and
0: all right, so the second one. Second one,
1: Crystal malt, which is you made a joke about <laughs> about crystal when you on the front <laughs> on the front of it. But yeah, so Crystal malt. So Crystal malt is a brewing malt. <laughs> it's not crystal meth, guys. Yeah, it's um it's a it's a brewing malt and it's a lightly malted, lightly toasted brewing malt is the best we describe it. Slightly more. You can
0: almost taste a little it's it it's got a
1: it's got a crispiness to it.
0: Yeah, it's you said toasted, it's almost, it's almost tastes, it smells kind of like, uh, like an orange when you take, like, take like a little cooking, uh, torch to it.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah so this one is really, is. uh, so again, it's, uh, it's base malt and then we add the crystal, well, we put crystal malt with it. Try to keep these all the same cut points so that the spirit itself is inherently similar. Fermentation time's the same, cut point's the same, but there is a noticeable difference
0: in, in between the two of them. They, there is the the taste on this i, I got to.
1: there's a citrusiness
0: yeah more more of a more of a oh, yeah more of a spice it's yeah. almost like a baking spice that you're going to get with like a citrus like a spicy fruitcake almost yeah. like that's kind of what i want exactly, to
1: say yeah. that I,
0: I really would like to have that after 4 or 5 years i bet that's going to be extremely yeah, good
1: yeah really exciting um, so with that, we've 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 kind of gone um, predominantly bourbon with those casks that they're in.
0: Oh, so you're going to get a lot of caramel vanilla notes out of that? Yeah,
1: trying to hit bar scotch. Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, trying to get butterscotch scotch and um, caramel and vanilla, and just trying to get that uh, interface between the two of them because it's quite a long. This is quite a long drink, even with the citrus at the end, which you would think would be tart by the with the end of it, but it's quite a long drinking you make. So. Um, by do by using you know bourbon barrels and some virgin oak in there, We're just trying to keep that extension of the length mm-hmm. a bit uh, low char for people that are interested. Uh, I usually use one and three, not two and four. Okay, but you, 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 like I have a, I had a really good mentor, Bob Dog Arnold, who uh, is uh, now at Glen Turret, um, and he always said if it's not in your warehouse, you can't use it. So we, I extend that philosophy to one our recipes, as you can probably right. have told by the rest of this. You know, we we try and we try and make everything, um, which has its own challenges. But also the same for for warehousing, we try and fill the warehouse with with bits and pieces mm-hmm. and stuff. Trying to keep that consistent and trying to keep that balance is hard, and um, it's been a struggle for the first couple of years because you know uh, it was predominantly bourbon, so we've had to re re right. some bits and pieces. Um, but going forward, it's, if it's not in the warehouse, you can't use it. So for us, we'll, we'll have the full spectrum of size of barrels, so that'll go butts down to uh, to blood tubs and octaves, and then we'll go full spectrum for sherry. So the you know we've got six different types of sherry, and um, or sherry style sweet wines is the best way to describe it. And then for the same for chars, for virgin oak, we'll do like one to five. We'll do one to that
0: next question yeah another innovation thing have you thought about doing a toasted type scotch you know like so you're getting a lot of toasted finishes in in america now
1: yeah like toasted heads is toasted, that toasted, bar- yeah. toasted barrels yeah. yeah yeah well that so i mean french virgin oak over here is uh had, and um it's usually like a, it's usually
0: i they're usually putting in like a heavy charred barrel to finish oh, it right. off kind of a thing
1: yeah yeah um We've got some things that, uh, or I've used some in the past that are like French bar like um, yeah, French barrels that are like medium toast, French virgin oak barrels, and they are absolutely gorgeous because they have like this light flavor, but they're like they have this toastedness, mm-hmm, so this right. heaviness, yeah, yeah, and yeah, weight to them, which is really nice. But we've I've used a bunch of red wine barrels um, that have had toasted heads on
0: them. Which okay, have been really, really nice. yeah,
1: yeah, really good barrels,
0: Australian wine barrels. So talk to me about the third one. The first thing I'm getting on this when I nose it is gin. It's gin. Real citrusy, like you're going to, yeah. like, on a gin. And it has a very citrusy flavor to it. Not like the spicy, but very fruity.
1: Yeah. So this is uh, chocolate malt, which I'm glad you didn't know about when you nose it, because I think people drink with their eyes right, all, yeah. all the time. and. um which is why you know you should use dark glassware when you're doing blind tastings and everything. But people do drink with their eyes, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad you didn't read that because people always like in their head they're like, oh, it's chocolate because their their brains trick them, right? But uh, for me, on the nose, I think it smells like a green coffee, like it, it's got like that citric, really citric brightness to the end. But there's a sharpness. It doesn't. It's not sweet. It's not overtly sweet. And then on the palate, this one for me it's like it's like bitter coffee. It's like really
0: okay. Good, uh, so I. You're getting that. I'm getting almost like a, a burnt blood orange. Yeah, it's kind of like what I'm I'm getting on it. Yeah. Like I, when I smelled it the first time, I was like, "That smells like gin." Like really that bright. was that. Yeah, real real bright, fruity, crisp type fla- type nose. Yeah, and then I kind of got that crisp fruitiness too yeah. on on the taste. Um, it didn't have any kind of like it was, but it wasn't spicy.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. It's very drying. It's yeah, got yeah. Dryness to yeah, almost it like dry brain. like gin. Almost. Yeah, it's a dry dry spice to it as well and like yeah, that dry end to it but i get this um sort of deep almost instant coffee with a little bit of milk and and something to it okay like, yeah. it, like really good coffee there's no in between on coffee it's either really yeah <laughs> really terrible or it's really good um uh sorry coffee producers <laughs> You, work, you guys do a really good job. I live off it. So, um, but I think for this one here, it has this like it has like on the nose like crispy. Just open the tin of a instant coffee, but it's had like a lemon or an orange sitting on top of it. Yeah, there you go. And then when you taste it, I get this like really nice deep coffee. It's like delicious, but the end of it is so bright, so bright and limey, and everything that's along with it. So Which this is super interesting with the yeast, yeah with the yeast that we're using. So
0: this last one,
1: the last one is the culmination of like it or love it um, it's or, or. i can't
0: i can't place the nose like i'm it's it's got like a big cluster of things
1: so the the so for everybody the system um, the last one is uh, the culmination of these ones we used the brewer's uh, yeast um, with the with some local barley we used the chocolate malt and we used the crystal malt together and we used we built like a, a traditional uh, sort of early 1900s uh, beer recipe. It's a, a very similar to to a Younger's recipe, which is a local brewery from around here. Which is like a like a, it's like an eighty shilling, so it's like a heavy ale sort of recipe that we've kind of used this with. And then we used Edinburgh ale yeast with it, which is inherently and I'll probably drop some bombs like cantaloupe melon or like melony skin. Is like what I get on the nose of it. But it's like, re- again, really bright, like really citrusy and really bright at the top.
0: But um, I get that cantaloupeness to it. Um, the nose is super unique, right? Like you're getting like almost like fruity, spicy, traditional scotch. note. like it's, it's just kind of like a smorgasbord of
1: yes. stuff going on. Yeah. And then on the, on the palate as well, it's really effervescent. For some reason mm-hmm. so if there's a fizziness to it when you're tasting it, it it's got like a
0: like a a sprite yeah. almost or a ginger y type feel to it yeah. um very citrusy very light crisp and it but it's it, it's also where it's like i don't think it's anything i've ever had before so it's yeah. really hard for me to describe it because every one of them i think all the other ones i think had like an element of something that i'm familiar with yeah that just there, that that's going to be really interesting. How, how old are you gonna? Are you planning on aging
1: that one? So uh, we've got how uh, we do long, medium, and sh- short-term mm-hmm. aging programs. So try and split them up into three. It's just like
0: three six nine type.
1: Yeah, it's tr- try and keep it really malleable. From and and the filling strength for that changes depending on um what we're going to use it for. Now it doesn't mean that I won't get to three years old and one of the high filling filling strength ones is a honey barrel, and we end up picking it right. Caught that in the teeth before, being like, I thought you weren't going to touch any of those that were 71. I'm like, well, it was banging. So, like, we, we put it out there. You
0: never really know when you're doing new stuff like this, like where, yeah, exactly. what it's going to come out with. Yeah. You, it could come out in three years, and you're like, that sucks, and three years later, it's the, one of the best things you've ever had.
1: So this is all predominantly in sherry. Okay. Like, heavy sherry, too. So, like, PX, Oloroso, Amontillado, uh, Moscatel. There's some in some Moscatel. So it's all predominantly sherry and it's to try and round out mm-hmm. that, um, that note to bring it into a cohesive yeah. sort of nose. Because uh, like you say at the moment, it's a, I wouldn't say it's disjointed, but it's unexpected.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, that's a good word, I yeah, think.
1: And and I think for us, if you were to, to put that out there as it being really unexpected and trying to clash it with some butterscotch and vanilla, um, I think it would uh, sort of clash together, which is fine on singular releases and stuff like that, but as a cohesive
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. When if you're trying to make like a product and a brand, yeah, you have exactly. to have yeah. It,
1: it's got it, it's it's gotta have a like a nice cohesiveness to it and it's gotta interface really well. And for us that is with the sherry. So um this one's really exciting for me. I'm really excited to see how this one develops. Uh, it's um it's been like a a really fun journey for us doing those four new makes mm-hmm. and then building the fourth recipe using that it's been amazing, and then this year coming we were just doing the same again, um, but for all of our recipes, right? Which is really nice. So start at a base point, a known base point, which of which we've got loads in the warehouse, and loads that we did last year. Start as a known base point, and then explore further using beer recipes, using historical recipes, using heritage malts, and sort of just just exploring them and being super iterative. And I think. Um, what we've learned this year is, um, we released these this year, and Nick and I sat down and we were like, "How many balls we gonna are we gonna do the new make?" I mean, it's not something that people really do. It's not really something that people make or are um, are are known for. I think it's the best way to describe it. Right. Like people release them, Highland Park. I've used to have like three or four balls of Highland yeah. Park New Make, and it was. It was truly terrible, and it tasted amazing at the same time. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the first times I ever tasted uh, like. Um, and you make whiskey, um, and we were gonna. We did five hundred bottles, um, and so I made five hundred bottles. I racked off the rest of it. And then Nick sold 5,000 bottles. So we had, to, <laughs> we had to go and we had to go, which was incredible. Like it's, uh, it's absolutely incredible the level of engagement that we've had on the new make spirit with people who just want to explore and want to find out like how we put stuff together. Because it's not a thing. like and I,
0: and, I told, and I told you this, right? Like I got to try Wart I, and then you told me like the Wart with some new make in it. And it, what do you, what is it? It's a flying Scotsman. A flying yeah. Scotsman. And so the Wart, like everyone was saying, it's not that good, but it, it's freaking amazing it's just it's sugar tea i mean if you spill it it really is hands, you can
1: claim the walls i did i did put
0: <laughs> like a little did spill on my hands and my hand was so sticky and yeah. it was crazy but then like putting it in there i think it's better than a hot toddy like if you could find a way to sell that combination yeah and then get it to america you would probably be a very dominant brand because <laughs> it is unreal like That's- like take the war heat it up put this in there like sell it as a kit I mean, it was it was better than a hot toddy, and those are massive over there. Like, if I'm going to a football game and tailgating, I want that. I want that.
1: All right. Well, yeah. Well, just that's we'll sort it. We'll just, sort you it just yeah, give you another. Just me another idea, right? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to write that down. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm dead serious. Like, but I think I, it's
1: amazing how these things proliferate, though. That's one of the most exciting things. Like, I was, I was, um, I was down south uh, with a, a friend of mine, and we were going to, uh, we were going. I can't remember what we were going to say. I, what, watch the football or something like that and he was like oh i've got this peppermint cordial and this rum and i'm putting in the hip flask and i was like that sounds absolutely horrendous and then we were, we're i was like one of the most warming mental experiences ever mm-hmm. and since then i don't think i can find peppermint cordial anywhere like it's been forever like it's i just can't see it and every time i see it I'm in the shop i buy peppermint cordial so much so there's like four or five <laughs> the house, and Kate's like stop buying peppermint. like stop stop it like but we but it but those like hot toddy Um, Irish coffee, those things are, there's something so inherently warming or comforting with them that I think is very nice. It's a very nice experience. And,
0: And from a production standpoint, it's gotta be something that's not, you know, too crazy. So, anyway, I think I know you have a meeting that you have to get to. Yeah. I'm so perpetually
1: uh, late, so we can yeah, do five more minutes. That, yeah. So,
0: but uh, no, this has been phenomenal. Um, from our perspective, like I really appreciate, um, you know, showing around, letting me try your stuff. You're right. Like the new make thing, it's not. Th- it's not. I've been to several other distilleries in Scotland on the, on this trip. I've not gotten to try it at any of them. It, they really? look at
1: you sideways when you're like, "Can you try any of it?" And they're like, "No." That's like, so surprising. I find that none so surprising that they um, that nobody's let you try it. I mean, for us. I am I'm, I'm just like, please try it, please, please tell me it's okay. Like, well,
0: <laughs> even in even in like the US, right? Like they take you on a tour. They're like, try the white dog. You can like, you know, put your finger in in in, in, the, in the in the in the well. It's you know when it's fermented yeah, yeah. because you get a lot of like the raw flavors and yeah. stuff for it. So um, I really appreciate that. You know, maybe maybe if you guys get like you know the, you know you call you know flying Scotsman you know and get like one percent of it or something. Yeah, That's for your go. idea we'll when we'll it goes to it the together. US, we do it together. Yeah, yeah I'm we'll in do it together. Yeah. 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 The, the, the friendship scotchman or something that's it's it. funny it's
1: fun it's fun though like just, this is this is why these um this is why I'm just chatting about it. for me uh, one of the great my great loves is just chatting booze is because you get these things or these other parts where like that's not a thing you're like it should be a thing because it's very delicious and um uh we'll we'll get you set up with uh, a couple of uh, flights uh, after this as well and you can take some of the ways that we use the new make in the in like cocktails and mm-hmm. use them in base for stuff and they're just, just really enjoyable. I mean yeah. I think the one I do at the moment that's my favourite
0: <laughs> I just want some more to take on.
1: Yeah <laughs> um, is that I uh, we we put sherry and then coke on the top of it um, that's on interesting. the new make and it tastes like uh, bourbon and Dr. Pepper which is one of the greatest cocktails of all time <laughs> um because it's just two things it's the classiest it's so class like gin and tonic like um but for me there's like a bar in town um there's this dive bar and you go in there and they do they do they have they have Pappy, don't worry <laughs> i'll show you where it is okay um but no they have these incredible cocktail me- like incredible cocktail menu and then just sort of right at the front of it it's just like bourbon and dr pepper and it's just like it's just in- in- like awesome it's incredible but um but for us here, I think when we're trying to do stuff with New make and we're like, well, what, what do people relate to? Um, you know, we, you know, just stuff with cream soda, stuff with that, Right, yeah. And just sh- sh- kind of show people that doesn't, you just don't have to sip it neat. Like, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not you good. You can get really creative. Like, I'm not bothered. Like, feel free. Bash on. Like, <laughs> same for all our booths. Like, it doesn't matter what you make it with. Like, feel, feel emboldened to Tr- go drink and Drink it the
0: way stuff. you like it. Go and
1: make stuff. Yeah, just go and make stuff. Have fun with it.
0: Oh, I made something called a a, a dirty Oreo. Um, it was bourbon cream. It was I used old Forester 150th anniversary edition. It was 126 proof. Someone almost shit themselves when I told them that I used the, like a rare bottle like that. I was like, I was there. Uh, vanilla ice cream, milk, smashed Oreo cookies, and bourbon cream.
1: Some of them, some of those,
0: some of those are the best. Ones. And then and then took like uh, vanilla. Um, Vanilla like cake icing and rimmed and then rimmed the, the glass with mashed Oreos on top it of it. It's
1: ridiculous to
0: try and drink. But it sounds ama- amazing Un- Unreal. It tasted just like a hard spiked Oreo milkshake. Sounds amazing. unreal. Amazing. Um tell everyone where they can like follow you guys, you, the distillery, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah,
1: so um yeah, we've got our, our website, Hollyrood uh, and then um we have all the social medias uh, at Hollyrood Distillery um and john Minter, who runs our instagram and social media and stuff like that is pretty good for responding to any questions or forwarding them to me because we get we get a bunch and, and we can chat through stuff so like i said we're, we'll talk about absolutely everything so if you want to know what we do or how we do stuff then feel free
0: uh, that's awesome um again thank you so much this was a, uh, was a great we'll, it. we'll definitely have to we'll come back as you grow and kind yeah. of have more be, stuff that'd be wonderful we'll yeah. have to come back and you know and Murrow's like a really good base place to kind of go everywhere else and when we come back we'll have to just kind of see where you guys have evolved and, and try some of the stuff as it's, as it's aged and it's going to be really interesting and really just because I want more flying Scotsmans because it's really I'm just yeah. going to come over for that cool.
1: <laughs> you need a writer when you turn up to yeah. a little card that's like yeah. I require the following things a sample yes. of war a sample of new yeah. me a cup
0: yeah I got it. that's it three things it's all i need and we're good um thanks everyone for listening and uh, remember a bourbon with friends could change the world that's it for this episode of bourbon with friends be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode while you're at it leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show you can also check us out on instagram at bwf podcast thanks for listening